Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Fan of the Fans, the podcast where we dive deep into the passions that make us who we are. I'm your host, Christina Garnett, and today we have a fascinating guest who's going to take us into the world of Apple and the the fandom, the cult, whatever you want to call it, of Apple. And we're going to talk about all the things. So I want you to grab your headphones. I want you to sit back and let's get started. And Joel Premack, I am so excited to talk to you about this. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on the show today, Christina. Really appreciate it. I love it. So we kind of know like whether you're an Apple fan or not. I feel like it's one of those things you can't really ignore. So I'd love to just jump right in. What was your first Apple product? iPod. Definitely like one of the OG iPods. iPod Nano, that was it. Like I got like the first one, super skinny, kind of like almost chocolate bar size. Yep um super thin had like a black little like sleeve i could slide it into Mm -hmm. Uh, that thing went places it had like great music it was super fun um then i evolved into like an ipod touch guy iphone max whole thing probably three or four laptops at this point in my career in my life um yeah i'm an apple boy all the way so I see like every time there's an Apple event and they're showcasing all the new stuff we had, there was one a couple months ago. Does it, does it feel like Christmas? Does it feel like the holidays whenever you get to see like this, these new shiny toys for you to like wait in line for? So yes, but I also almost feel like it's that with also just its regular big news. Mm-hmm. Like today, for example, in early January, we're talking about Apple and they just released the dates for their VR AR headset. Um, when they'll start, the waitlist will open up and then expected first order shipping dates too. And it's funny, today's also the first day of CES. Mm-hmm. And they avoid actively being at CES. Yeah. But they always dominate or have a large media presence around CES anyway. It's like their way of just being there without yeah. actually ever being there. Um, so, so it's I like you have like, a party at your house. Is it like a competing party <laughs> almost? I mean, I think it's almost like you're saying you have to do that whole event. Yeah. We just have to write a press release and like drop a video. It's a bit of a flex. I, I'll give you that. It's I definitely mean, a flex. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many other companies could really do something like that. Yeah. And compare with something like CES, which is a huge industry event. And you get beat out on the very first day within hours, essentially, just by a news release. <laughs> like, yeah. that's kind of rough. No, absolutely. So... My question is, I've I've had tons of Apple products. I love my MacBook. Like we're good. good. I did I did leave the iPhone. I had the iPhone for like the first 10 years. I had the like OG and then I went to a Google Pixel and it like never turned back. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'm I'm clearly not like an Apple Apple girly. Um even though I like the products. I I love being able to watch an Apple like event. And then be able to go to sleep knowing my phone isn't going to work less the next day. <laughs> Shots fired, I guess. Um, but I would love to know. I I remember like being a fan, and I obviously love the products. But is that enough? Like I feel like what Apple has built is this cult, this fandom, whatever you want to call it. It it has to be built by so much more than the product itself. So what is it exactly? If you can like 
distill it? Like, what is it about Apple that creates fanboys, that creates people waiting in line to replace their iPhone every other year? Like, what is it? I think at least for me, it's almost like the technology is one obvious piece of it, but it's also the whole experience. It's the design. It's like everything from the moment, whether it's a laptop to an iPad to an iPhone, et cetera. Like, it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. You're unwrapping like this white crisp box. And the only thing really on the outside is just that light gray Apple logo. And it's like even the packaging inside, just white crisp. There's the thing. You take it out. Everything's like packed underneath it so cleanly. Like everything is done so next level Mm -hmm. that it's almost just like, I don't even know what to describe it. It's opening up a present almost every Mm -hmm. single time I get something new. Like whether it's a work laptop, personal one, new phone, whatever, even like Beats, like they're an Apple-owned company. When I was opening up my pair of like over-ear Beats headphones, I was just like, yes, this is very Apple-like, even though that it's technically a different brand. Um, the same experience, the same feelings you get are very much there. Personally, I also love some of the like green bubble, blue bubble. Like I'm here <laughs> for a little bit of it. Um, yeah, I'm an iPhone boy, so sorry, blue bubbles all the way. And then I think the last thing is just like how smoothly all the devices work together. Mm-hmm. And it's like that smooth, like in B2B world, we talk so much about SSOs and smooth experiences, especially in community, like both of our kind of backgrounds. If there is a community hub, you want it to smoothly integrate through SSO into your academy from your product, et cetera. So you can not only track everything, but it's easy. Yeah. That's how easy like their software is Mm -hmm. to essentially work everything that you own in a single universe. So I think it's, in a weird way, it's almost magical how well they've done that. But also, yeah. like, very big kudos to them for doing it that well, too. Yeah. No, I think I think that's definitely a valid point. I love that you leaned into, like, the overall experience because, obviously, like, customer experience is very important to me. But the way you kept describing it, I didn't hear Apple. I heard VIP. I heard concierge. I heard luxury, which I think yeah. makes sense considering the price point. Like, the people who are Apple fans, like they don't, they don't have a question about those prices. They're like, of course, that's the price. It's Apple. Like, what would it be? And so I think that there's something about that. And I also, like you said, with the green bubble versus blue bubble, there's this kind of, for lack of a better phrase, there's an elitism. Like you're not in the club if your if your bubble's not the same color as this, you know. And so you I said think, it, not me. I mean, but it whether it's true or not, it does kind of evoke. Oh yeah. That kind There's of superior. Yeah. And and I think that that's definitely interesting because when we think about fan fandoms and fan behavior, like psychology plays an incredibly big role. And so whether it be like elitism or scarcity or whatever that looks like, there are people who are like, I say this without a single doubt in my mind, there are people who specifically buy an iPhone. So their bubble is the specific color it needs to be. Like I say that with my full chest. Like I know that for a fact not everybody, but there is a certain contingency of people who absolutely do. And so I think that 
I mean, it makes sense that they're they're really kind of creating that psychological pull. And I yeah. think, well, just like look at how they do their support. Like they don't have like a support thing. It's the bar. Like they have the Apple bar. Like just the way that they frame that experience is so other than what you see other tech companies do. I just find that really fascinating. And also not going to CES. It's, it's very beneath yeah. us. Like we'll, I, just, we'll just do a press release. Like we'll just, we'll fine. You have fun though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll say a couple things on that. Yeah. I think one thing I talked about like the elegance of their technology. Yeah. Um, I'm sure when you were on iPhone world yeah. and now that you're off of it, you might be on the flip side of this of like when you react to a message with like a heart or a thumbs up mm -hmm. when you do that in iphone world it stays and it looks very crisp mm -hmm. but then when you do it with someone who's on um a like an android phone yeah yeah i get like an extra message just literally saying this person like hearted the entire <laughs> message and i'm like I really they had heart. to do it this whole thing like they <laughs> couldn't just make that simplified like who yeah. hurt you to make me want to do that to me like seriously is this like childhood trauma now i don't <laughs> understand um but on the very flip side of that like to what you're getting at around like yeah. the genius bar and how it's so next level yeah look at some of their stores yeah like here in chicago we have two really cool Apple stores for sure. One in like an entirely landlocked area. Yeah. It's essentially a glass on two ends mm -hmm. and then like a light gray walls on the opposite ends. And the roof literally looks like the bottom of an iPad. Like it's curved and everything. Oh, and wow. it literally lives on like an island in the middle of this massive intersection. Like it truly put itself in a block mm -hmm. on display that's wild like, that is apple like yeah. the, and that's just one store and that's not their flagship store here their yeah. flagship store is on the river oh wow that's like, beautiful it's a glass box built into part of like the river walk here oh wow in like the downtown area yeah. it's gorgeous they host like events. They built it very community minded in terms of having areas where they can host events, but then also shop in mixed levels. But it's a giant class box. Yeah. Literally, that's it. Yeah. Name another store that just built a giant glass box on a river yeah. in a major city. But it goes back to that thing. It's clean. It's elegant. Mm -hmm. It's that whole like minimalistic kind of like yeah. clean aesthetic. It was the clean girl before the clean girl aesthetic. I mean, I would almost say that, like, it's part of one of the things I really love. It's not just how clean their presentation is around, like, their stores and their, like, packaging and everything physically mm -hmm. around their products, but also the simplicity built into their technology, too. Mm -hmm. Like, for me, if you hand me an Android phone, I've used them before. I literally feel dumb. Like, I don't understand sometimes, like, how you do some of the most basic things on them because mm. they're not, like, the way I'm used to with Apple. Like, they're so unintuitive to me. See, I I'm felt like, that way about others. Like, I had tried to do, like, I had, I worked at one place where I had, like, a work phone and the work phone was an Android. It was a Samsung and I could not figure it out. The Google Pixel, I really love. I do feel like it's intuitive and it feels almost like the in-between. 
-hmm. like it has some of the functionality that you would see with an iPhone and it kind of understands that like their aud I feel like the Google Pixel's audience is the person who wouldn't have an Android but they had an iPhone and this would be what would convert them I feel like that's it's like it's speaking that language mm -hmm. I do I do have to ask you about something that I think really kind of adds to the mystique of Apple and kind of the same people who would think like, let's just build a glass box on the Ripper and it'll, it'll be perfect. So I don't know if you remember this, but Ryan Johnson, he, I think he, like, I think it was during one of the, um, like either the glass onion or the one previous where he talked about how Apple would not let the villains carry iPhones in movies. So like if there's a murderer and you see them with a phone, it's not an iPhone. And I think that that's just such a clever, like subconscious thing before he like lifted the lid on that. But I think it's so clever that you, because it's not something you would think until you know that you're not thinking like, oh, they wouldn't be the villain. They have an iPhone. But when you continually see that kind of repeated drumbeat of, well, the murderer had a, had a Samsung or the murderer had a Pixel or the murderer just had an Android or whatever. I think it really kind of lends itself to that going back to that superiority. Like I, I have an iPhone. I, I'm not, I'm not the bad guy, you know, or I don't, I don't yeah. have the capacity to be the bad guy. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I think that that's such a, like a unique, like subconscious framing of the brand. So I'd probably go back further to yeah. that famous, like 19, what is it? 85, 95 mm -hmm. ad. Yep. Um, I think right there, it even shows like how Apple's literally like not the bad person. Like, if yeah. you love that ad, as oh, it's groundbreaking. Person, it is exactly. absolutely ground. Like, I feel like you have to like that ad even if you're not an Apple person. It's so transformational. Yes. I mean, I agree. But if you do love Apple, then it, yeah. like, speaks that much more to you of, like, I'm not the bad guy. Like, yeah. I'm the one, like, breaking barriers, having big ideas, like, being yeah. more innovative, all of that. Yeah. And kind of going down that kind of path, I'll say this, which was really kind of, I thought, coincidental and also genius at the time. Yeah. So in freshman year, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure of high school, um, I took this like intro to business class because I've always been very like business, finance kind of minded person and curious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of our assignments was to write down like a future product. Mm-hmm. I literally essentially created the iPad before it was a thing. I said I wanted something essentially that was like a bigger iPod touch mm -hmm. with the ability to have like Microsoft Word on it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a full laptop either. Like yeah. I had written that down for high school assignment by the time I was a senior in high school. So four years later, three years later, whatever, we had iPad carts in my high school. Yep. It's wild. Yes, but it's also like the innovation of like if I'm just thinking this, someone yeah. already thought about this like oh, yeah. six years before I ever did. Yeah. And I might be ahead of just like the kids in my class kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I have to I have to put you on the spot then. Go for it. What do you want Apple to make next? So this is like probably my three things. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, I'm not it's picking just like, more. Apple, go to work. Let's go. I have three. <laughs> you have homework. Mm -hmm. uh, tap me if you uh, want some feedback. <laughs> Be like, early beta tester, please, and thank market. you. <laughs> I'm available for product 
feedback uh, <laughs> sessions. You can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, so my first one would be like a physical TV. Okay. I know that they built like the Apple TV box mm-hmm. to go with other TVs. But like to me, yes, that's great. But like a physical TV would be next level. Just the smoothest experience, for example, of like sharing screens from your laptop or your iPhone yeah. onto that would just be a breeze. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be a really cool one. And it also would support like both their software services businesses and f- hardware. So mm-hmm. I think it serves both markets well and it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um because you could do like your phone is like the control and everything for it or like iPad, things like that. Mm-hmm. So it feeds each other in like the Apple ecosystem per se. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next would be an Apple car. I mean, that one's been rumored for years on and off for various yeah. things, but I would have no doubt that it would be single handedly the most beautiful electric car ever. Yeah. And like, there's one brand I shall not name and do not like. So <laughs> I'm just let everyone just connect the dots there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's not Rivian because I do like them. Um, but the third one, oh my goodness, this is the craziest thing I've probably ever thought of for Apple. Yeah, I literally wanted go. Apple to create like buildings. Okay. That you could essentially like take out the units and like ship them into other buildings. Okay. So it's like an Apple like condo essentially. Okay. But like if you move, imagine like living in an Apple building. Yeah. Like everything would just be like touch ID or face ID. Yeah. Like the whole experience would be so, as you said, like next level and other. It would be ridiculous. The bougie bougie part of Blade Runner. Like... Uh, it would probably be bougier, <laughs> but it would be phenomenal too. Like, you know, yeah. every single thing in that entire building would be beautiful. Yeah. And that ability then to just like pull it out and yeah. put it into a new building across like the country if you moved. Yeah. That would be just next level. Love that. So, Apple hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I do think that that's interesting, especially when we think about like who is the target demographic for Apple. Um, I think we need to talk about quiet luxury. And when you're thinking and talking about Apple and like it's all glass and it's all minimalist and it's all clean. And then we talk about like quiet luxury has been such a thing over the past like two years and people doing more like minimalism and. And like clean structured, no like real logos. And even if you look at like the Apple logo, it's very subdued. It's very soft. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not really changed. It's very just classic and, and, and understated. How do you think that that, if you believe that that even plays a role when you're thinking about like white, crisp lines, elegant design, minimalist logo, and it kind of going towards that like quiet luxury sort of aesthetic? So I'll kind of take it in like a different but very similar context. Yeah. Of, to me, I think of Apple is kind of like the equivalent of like Lincoln. Okay. And the new one on the block to Lincoln historically has always been like Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And so like Lincoln has always been kind of like the somewhat older brand, like old money. Mm-hmm. Cadillacs are like hot, flashy and like nouveau riche kind of thing. Yeah. So, like, to me, that's 
the way it feels. Like I'm not a Cadillac person. I'm a Lincoln person. I'm an Apple person. Like I like more of that. I don't need to be flashy. I mean, take it from even one of the world's like richest people, Warren Buffett. He lives in his like half million dollar house in like Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. And it's just this like cute house. Yeah. It's not really like grand or anything. Like he doesn't need it. Equally, yeah. like he could afford to probably buy all <laughs> or a solid amount of Omaha. Yeah. Like or any city, frankly, for that matter. Yeah. So <laughs> we can be honest here. Yeah. So I think that that's just more of my point of view. I also think a big piece of it, too, is just people don't like necessarily the flashy as much as, like, other people. I also think part of it is, like, it's that and the fact that Apple, I think, has a good perception overall in the world. Yeah. Like, is it, there is no perfect company. Mm -hmm. But for all of the companies in the world, does Apple have, I would argue, up in or one of the best reputations globally? I would say so, mm-hmm. especially for like a global company. So I think that that's part of it too, is like the outside perception looking in. Mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's definitely worth thinking about, especially when we talk about like the layoffs that we've seen in the corporate world. I know there's a lot of companies who say that like they, they tried to move things around before they did layoffs. But um, when you look at like Apple and what their CEO Tim Cook said he 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 talked about like here's everything Apple's gonna do before we have to do layoffs and so it it does feel like he walked the walk there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, go ahead. No, sorry, you finish. No, finish. How do you how do you think that that do you think like you said does that really align with that like innovative thinking like we're not gonna do what everyone else is gonna do we're really gonna see this as a last resort even though it's clearly a trend across across corporate. So I'll say two things mm-hmm. on that one. Uh, going back to like kind of silent luxury. I love that t- like Tim Cook literally leads the world's most valuable company mm-hmm. and is so silent. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love it. Like find another quiet CEO. No other CEO pretty much in the world can afford to be quiet. Truly. Yeah. Like he can't. Um, so I think that that's pretty cool just in terms of, again, like more of that silent luxury. Uh, but going to your question, I think it goes in kind of two ways. One, I've always, I mean, I've known people who do work at Apple and still do. They love it. They've had nothing but good things to say about it from what I've heard and seen. Um, so it doesn't surprise me. And then on the flip side, I also have seen like reports and interesting articles around how Apple has grown over mm-hmm. the last few years. Yes, they have grown, but they've grown at a significantly slower rate than their peers. Yeah. So they're not at the same level of like essentially overhead mm-hmm. where it's making like this astronomical difference in their business model. Like they've grown very modestly and proportionally to their expectations. So they're actually in a relatively from everything I've seen and heard, like healthy position mm-hmm. to be okay and not to need a layoff. Yeah. So I think so. And then I would argue, not argue, but I would say like lastly, that I think it does overall feel very like on brand for Apple to truly like take care of its employees. Mm-hmm. I saw this really interesting LinkedIn post recently from 
the uh, CPO of uh, HubSpot, actually, mm-hmm. your old stomping grounds. Yeah, um, Katie Burke. Yep, yep, yep. On some of the things to like leave in 2024 or 2023, yeah. excuse me, and that are not on the list for 2024. And one of them is like your company is not a family. It's like more of like a team. Yep. Um, and I think that that's something that Apple is like, without saying, does very well. Mm-hmm. Again, like they have like really great benefits and reimbursement programs and tuition things and access for people to like grow their careers internally and whatnot. But it's all very much in line around like high performance. Mm-hmm. And you can earn essentially like remote work as mm-hmm. long as you're a high performer. Like you don't have to, but that's part of how they've actually built in high performance as like that's the reward for doing good work. You mm-hmm. don't get or you don't have to come into the office if you don't want to. Yeah. So I think that they're being intentional around a lot of things, mm-hmm. even if they're not necessarily saying it clearly and directly like many other companies yeah. are or should. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's all really fascinating. And I think everything that you're saying also lends itself to stock. So when we're thinking about Apple, there's also that joke of like, I would go back in time and I would buy Apple stock. Yeah. What role does stock and and everything that Apple's doing play a role in that, especially when we're talking about like obviously product innovations and expanding and diversifying like product like SKUs, but also just general sentiment and like CEO sentiment plays a role in stock. It just absolutely mm-hmm. does. So what it, what's your take on Apple and, and stock in, and its stock in general? Yeah. So for me, I mean, I think that it's probably one of the best companies. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm biased. I love Apple. Um, sorry. But it is called fan of the fans. It's not called like business exactly. advice. <laughs> exactly. If it was that, I wouldn't be on the show or at least not for this. Not for this specific episode. <laughs> no, I'd definitely be on a different episode. Not for Apple though. For Apple, you could try and get Tim Cook. Um, yeah. But if Tim I, is listening. Hi. We love you. <laughs> And we support you. Um, So I think that like in regards to all of that around its stock, beyond it just being one of the most, well, the most valuable company in the world, um, I find it really interesting around its growth, its diversification, but also the role it plays in like a geopolitical world. Yeah, Um, that's a good point. We saw a lot of like tensions and things happening around like, shipping delays and things happening in China around like their COVID policies and whatnot in relation to shipping products, both for Apple and other companies out from China into other parts of the world. And so it's actually led Apple to explore like other places within the world to diversify their manufacturing for their hardware products. Um, But I also think in a way that that's good, not just in a geopolitical and like smart business sense, but also in the sense of like, you're kind of future proofing your business. Like they got a little taste of it and they're doing something very active and meaningful to hopefully not have the same situation at the same scale or less or bigger happen again. Um, So in a way I like that they're future proofing their business in that sense I like that they continuously innovate and add new products. And I think that there's something to it when you think about like for the price of Apple stock for being like the most valuable company, especially after its stock split, 
like, I forget how many years, definitely at least a year or two ago, probably if not longer, um, they did a stock split. And it's not at like an, from my point of view, like a horribly unobtainable price point, especially if you're even just contributing like your minimum into like a Roth IRA or something every year. Um, you would be able to afford it. And not just one share, you'd be able to afford more. Don't worry. So I think that there's a lot of good around Apple stocks. But I mean, no stock is future proof. No company is immune to things outside of its control impacting its business. I mean, just look what's going on, for example, in like the Red Sea and like ships having to get like safe passage by the US, like navy and other countries to protect shipping routes like it's crazy so so i would love to talk about how apple in some ways has been the incumbent and in other ways has been the challenger and we've talked about like the new ideas that you would love for for um for apple to come up with i'd love to talk about like apple streaming it's given us ted lasso it's given us all these other things do you have an opinion on on how they're doing in the streaming wars versus like everyone else? Because it feels like we're getting to that point where we've done the unbundling. The bundling is happening now. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're we're hitting that like that accordion piece where all right now we're going or closing back in. Mm-hmm. What are what are your thoughts there? Would you would you like to see Apple merge with anybody? Would you like to see Apple buy out someone else? What do you, what are you thinking? I mean, Apple's tricky. Mm-hmm. For a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, but most big companies are. The kind of two biggest reasons are, well, three, I'll say. They have a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. They have cash to spend. Yeah. And they're not afraid to when they want to. Mm-hmm. I forget. They did that insane deal, for example, with um, what's that soccer player's name who went to Miami? Messi. Yes. I almost said Lionel. <laughs> And I wasn't, I was like, mm, <laughs> like sure. it's, it's right, but it's also wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Felt wrong. Um, so like they did that insane deal. Yeah. Name another company could afford that deal. Yeah, that's true. Very, very few, if any. I don't think anyone else could. Yeah. It would probably bankrupt every other company almost. Yeah. Um, but they understand how valuable he is to MLS's success. Yeah. And therefore, he instantly raises the value of MLS, like streaming. So there's a lot to be said for that. They do spend their money or like they put their money where their mouth is around it. Yeah. Um, I think a tricky piece, though, of Apple is that because it's so big and they have so much money, everything that they do, especially on a big scale, gets a lot of scrutiny. Yeah. Um, I mean, for example, in our B2B world that both of us like work in, yeah. Adobe Figma. Yes. Yeah, that was huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, the theory of it was great. The reality was TBD if they kept trying to make it work. Yeah. Who knows? But they won't know because it was too much. Yeah. So I think that there really is something to Apple having to be very, very careful. Yeah. There's been a lot of speculation about this. I'll probably say like the thing that makes Apple a really interesting player to buy anything mm-hmm. is Disney. Yeah. Um, yep. There's been a lot of rumors about that. Well, they're also the only people who could afford. Well, there's like, that too. Yeah. There's that. 
there's also the piece of like I'm pretty sure like Bob Iger and like Tim Cook either have been seen together or like they've done stuff before together. Yeah. Um, in terms of like business dealings, so that could be probably the most interesting one. And it's a yeah. significant like it's a significant amount of media, and it's insanely valuable too. Yeah, I could see them buying so, ESPN because they've already incorporated sports into into yeah. Apple TV. I Apple TV Plus. I could absolutely see them buying ESPN. But doesn't Disney own ESPN? Mm-hmm. So I think that I don't. I don't see Apple just buying checking. all of Disney. Fair. I don't see Apple buying all of Disney. I see Apple buying the pieces it would want. I think there's a lot of parts of Disney that are amazing. A lot of parts of Disney that need a lot of help. And I feel like I feel like they could get a really good deal in ESPN. And then I mean, you incorporate that into into what they've got for mm-hmm. Apple Plus. I, I, I think that, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I can see that. And I guess from there, it, here's something that's kind of interesting when it comes to like Apple services and whatnot. Yeah. Outside of just streaming, it's interesting to like kind of watch what's going on around its savings account. Mm-hmm. Um, Goldman Sachs leaving it. Mm-hmm. That, that's Tell us more. Tell us more for people who are listening who have no idea what you're talking about. Give us like the TLDR. <laughs> so Apple released like a savings account program because, of course, every company wants to get into finance. Yeah. And knowing Apple, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the bank that they worked with was Goldman Sachs for this program mm-hmm. and to offer this. And I forget the insane like it's nosebleed number mm-hmm. for the amount of deposits that it got. Yeah. It's, it was well over, I'm pretty sure a billion, mm-hmm. like very quickly. And Goldman Sachs has like decided to cut the consumer business because it just doesn't make enough money for them. I, from my understanding on the whole situation. Yeah. So therefore Apple has to find a new bank essentially to manage this because they don't have like the creds to be a full bank. Yeah. Unless they buy a bank, in which that would be really cool. That would be interesting. Go yeah. buy a bank, Apple, and let me know. Um, <laughs> this is turning into business advice. So I'm not yes. mad. <laughs> go. I'm over here being like, go. please now go buy a bank <laughs> and build a beautiful. Like you do. Like you do. <laughs> literally just add a second floor to that Apple store and just make it like another glass box, please. Like the safe the is most... made of glass. It's just like money in there. <laughs> it'd be beautiful. Oh, it'd be beautiful. But point is, coming back into not glass box banks, yeah, um, is that that's an insanely valuable business unit. Yeah. And Goldman Sachs is essentially leaving Apple. Who leaves Apple? Yeah. I've never heard of anyone who's left Apple. So I think it's really interesting to see that happen in the market. Um, But like they have music, they have arcade, they have a lot going on that's really, really interesting. So I'm a fan. So I've I've absolutely loved this. I've learned more about Apple from you, which I I was hoping would happen. Um, I feel like I'm just like not a fangirl, but like in the ecosystem deep enough that I have like a deep appreciation, but I'm not... Mm. I wait in line for Foo Fighter tickets. Like I'm not waiting in line. Oh, for, I'm like... not a Foo Fighter fan. Oh, so... we got. I gotta convert you. <laughs> we'll have to. We'll, we'll have talk... to schedule another call, and we'll do that, and then I'll just convert you. <laughs> I'll be over here being like, we're gonna become Green Day fans. I like Green Day. I just okay. they're just they're just not they're not my Foo Fighters. They're not my Dave. 
<laughs> it's hard to compete with Dave Grohl for me. Mm-hmm. Like that's the standard. Okay. So. <laughs> we'll come back to this offline. We'll come back. We'll come back. We'll circle back. <laughs> we'll circle back. But I have, I've absolutely loved this, Joel. If, yes. if someone wants to message you theoretically with the correct color bubble or would like to reach out and learn more about you, how can they find you on social? How can they, how can they connect? Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn's the best spot for me, honestly. If you have my number, that's either really <laughs> cool because I gave it to you or that's really creepy. So... <laughs> Yeah, you're either going to be in one of two boxes really quickly with that route. <laughs> Creeper or bestie, what's up? Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, gosh. Um, That's if some- great. If someone is, is interested in turning into an, being an Apple fan girl or fanboy, yeah. or fan be- person, or fan person, what is the like what is the recommendation? I know we talked about like the VR announcement and everything. What's like the go-to? You won't be upset. Absolute beautiful piece of hardware. Like what is the product that you would recommend for someone who's like I need an Apple product, I don't care what it is. I'd say iPhone. It's okay. going to be like the center of your universe because okay. it's like with you on the go. Yeah. And then like your laptop or your iPad or your Mac at home are all going to be like those bigger things. Your watch is going to be like on you physically, of course, but equally it's a watch. Like, yes, it does a lot, but it also doesn't do like everything a phone can, like an iPhone can. So I would say like start with the iPhone, fall in love with it. Uh, <laughs> and do you have when a specific you... color? Like you seem kind of like a ghost like space ghost gray kind of i'm a classic yeah i'm a classic (laughs) i'm that luxury (laughs) it's silver but we don't call it silver it has its own name Mm -hmm. space gray i believe no (laughs) yep um see i know this this is becoming an issue um but i would say that i would also then say like Every time, kind of like pro tip, mm-hmm. or at least based on my experience, every time there's just a new like system update, give it a week and you'll adjust to it fine. Okay. Like just give it a week, breathe through it, life will keep going, sun will keep rising and setting, world will keep spinning, all those good things. Give it a week, you'll be okay. Love it. Well, If you are listening, thank you so much for joining us for Fan of the Fan. Thank you for listening to Joel Wax poetically about Apple and me. Just, I'm here. Um, That's true. (laughs) You do so much. (laughs) But it has been absolutely lovely chatting. Thank you so much for listening. Um, If you would just take a second to subscribe, review, and share, and let us know what do you what do you think we missed what other parts of apple do you wish that we had covered and maybe we will have joel back for a second edition let's do that um but thank you so much for listening and until then stay being a fan keep loving what you love keep being that fan staying in those lines doing what you do and we will see you next time